you are listening to The Polk Experience. Welcome back, everyone, to The Polk Experience. Jack Cormier hosting today. And with me today is our own Mark Jackson and Joel Shapiro, the president of NSSA, the National Shosky Association. Uh, good morning, Jack. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joel. And, so just and to you give, too, Jack. Yeah. So just to give everyone uh, a background on, on both gentlemen, long history of water ski uh, with both of them. So Mark Jackson, uh, longtime ESPN announcer, one of the uh, one of actually the, the, the forefathers of announcing on ESPN for water ski and water sports. Uh, before that, a professional water skier at Cypress Gardens and uh, in other places, and also uh, a national tournament winner. And Joel has 22 years as a water skier. He was the NSSA Volunteer of the Year in 2018 and is a, the president of the organization now as a member of the Rock Aqua Jays from Janesville, Wisconsin. Seems to be the uh, the big competition for our Cypress Gardens water skiers here in in uh, Central Florida, Joel. Yeah, yeah, the Cypress Gardens team, Tampa Bay team, Sarasota, all produce incredible skiers and obviously being in Florida, um, a lot of water skiers ultimately make their way down there, whether it be uh, in retirement, vacation, or just to live and work there, great place to be. So the goal of the podcast today, gentlemen, is to educate folks as they come to the IWWF World Water Ski Show Tournament to understand the the sport of show water skiing. And who better than the head of the organization that scores show water skiing? Yeah, thank you, Jack. Uh, So competitive show skiing really involves everything from the overall production to the skiing. And there are judges, I believe there's seven judges for the competition. Um, Each one will score various aspects of the show on flow, difficulty, spectator appeal, and execution, along with other, some box scores, such as the overall production, showmanship, sound and announcing, towboat driving. So this is this is a competition, and one of the great things about show skiing is it takes all disciplines of water skiing, whether it be uh, jumping, swivel skiing, doubles. Uh, there there will be a lot of barefooting. Uh, there will be some height, a lot of hydrofoil is really really big, especially from Team USA um, and a couple of great skiers from Canada as well. Uh, we'll look for some very unique stuff. The the cool things uh, that come from outside the United States. Uh, China seems to be one of the uh, innovators of of doing very unique things. And unfortunately, they're not going to be with us this year, but we we do have some great stuff coming from the other teams and other countries. So uh, just so folks understand, you know, where we, we do have a long history of show ski here in Central Florida, there there is a difference. So there is a, a set roster. There is a, a limited number of water skiers, correct? That's right. Thirty five per team. And and basically every aspect of this performance, uh, Mark uh, knows I use the term Broadway on the beach or uh, Cirque du Soleil on the sea, uh, that there is a lot going on in this production. Every aspect of it gets a score. So even the towboat driving, 
Yes, the towboat driving, the pickup boats, uh, and the announcer, and, and the sound crew that is behind the voice of the announcer. Which is a great segue over to Mr. Jackson. So on the announcing side, Mark, you are normally on the stage as as the uh, for the broadcast for for show skiing competitions. Tell us what folks on the uh, both watching uh, from the beach and on TV uh, should look for. Well, you know, be able to do this with Joel. You know, obviously he has uh, an enormous amount of knowledge about what goes on. Uh, relative to the sport of show skiing. Of course, show skiing is one of nine sports disciplines underneath the U.S. Olympic Committee's uh, official governing body, USA Water Ski and Wake Sports. But every competition, as Joel mentioned, is is judged in two main areas. One, uh, there's 13 acts that each team is scored on. And uh, as he said, flow, execution, degree of difficulty, and spectator appeal. And they, uh, each of those, each of the 13 acts uh, is scored in the, in, in the four areas, flow, execution, degree of difficulty, and spectator appeal. And that's zero to 25 points uh, in each category. But the second major category is uh, what Joel was mentioning is the box score. And uh, that's very complicated. Uh, for example, the overall show that they're scored on is uh, they can earn up to 350 points. Showmanship, you know, this is show skiing, 300 points and so on. So that's really the way it is scored um, from an official standpoint. But, uh, you know, Joel's, uh, you know, the expert in that area. I think that you know, as we look at the sport of show skiing, you know, your description of Broadway on the beach or Cirque du Soleil, you know, on the sea is, is a good one. You have world-class athletes and here at the Worlds uh, coming up the 21st through the 23rd, at least that's the competition. Uh, those are the competition dates. The, uh, you know, each of these teams have world-class athletes that are literally putting on a, a, a production an entertainment production as well. So it's a lot of critical scoring training that goes into the, uh, to being a judge and how all that works and how they compile that. Uh, you don't need, need to be a math major, but uh, you know, for the sake of this podcast, we'll just keep it simple. And those two main categories, each act is scored and then, the uh, the box scores kind of cover everything else. Joel, is there a, a secret to uh, sort of behind the scenes that folks that don't normally follow Shosky uh, should know about when it comes to the scoring? No, I think really the the reaction of the crowd is a good indicator as to whether or not where the score will be good or maybe bad. Um, if there's falls, spills, um, you might hear ooh or ahs or something, you know, something to that effect will will be a good indicator or um, applause and really just showing gratitude for the entertainment value, too, as well as the degree of difficulty in show skiing. The reaction of the crowd is usually a good indicator of where the scoring will end up. And we we have to remember in the early days of show skiing, it really truly was just about 
putting on a show. It was for entertainment. I mean, that's what Ralph Samuelson did, right? In, in Lake City, when he invented water skiing was he put on a show. It, there was a crowd gathered to watch him do this. So all the way back a hundred years ago, uh, we can say that's when the first water ski show was when Ralph Samuelson first skied behind a, a boat. So the scores also, you'll know, uh, the crowd generally knows when there's a good, something good, something bad. The same thing applies in just about any sport, right? It's, it's like watching a football game, a good, exciting game uh, versus uh, kind of a dud. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the, 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 the spills part of it, the falls, I guess when, when I was going over the scoring, I was surprised that they said, uh, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. No, not a bad thing at all. First and foremost, when somebody falls or, or takes a bad spill or um, does something, we want to make sure that they're okay. Uh, that's why we have best in class safety personnel who will be at this tournament to make sure that uh, safety is priority number one. Like we said, it is a show. So when somebody falls, um, there's an expectation among the safety people and your fellow teammates that you're going to acknowledge the crowd with a with a wave to say, hey, I'm okay. Maybe I'll try it again. I don't know. It depends on how hard the fall was. But sometimes it's fun to watch those, but it's even more fun to watch somebody uh, attempt to do it again and be successful at it. I think that it, that really builds the crowd up, too, is, is that the effort that goes into hey, I'm going to redo this. Give me another shot. And that's the beauty of our sport, too, is if there's time, because there is a time limit for every show, uh, one hour to put on the show, it, that includes set up and tear down. If there's certainly time, maybe you'll see some of these uh, teams rerun an act in the event that it doesn't go the way they expected. Mark, you are the uh, you're sort of the the the, the background expert on, on this and all, uh, what would be what you would look for, what you would tell people to look for as they're watching the competition? What are the, what are the key points that you look for? As a, a senior judge, and uh, it, it really depends. Each judge looks through a different lens, if you will. And we have judges that are coming from all over the world that will be judging this. But as, as I look at things, it, and, I'll, and I'll use an example, uh, freestyle jumping, okay? Some say it's the most popular. Of course, if you're a swivel skier, you're going to say swivel skiing is most popular. You're barefoot or barefooting most popular. But um, barefooting is, uh, for example, would be really boils down to execution. There's not a lot of style. There, there aren't any style points that the, uh, the judges are looking to and for out on the water. Uh, freestyle jumping, on the other hand, there is. Okay, we can get to that in a little bit. There will be, for the first time in history, individual competition this year in swivel, freestyle jump, and adagio doubles. That's going to be really exciting, and it's a different animal, if you will, uh, versus the team competition. But as the judges are looking uh, to score these things, you know, and as we're watching from shore, in freestyle, for example, a flip, a front flip, uh, the skis have to go over their head. Okay, is their body symmetrical? How do they look coming into the ramp, on the ramp, in the air, and is their landing clean or do they dust off? Uh, a gainer, you know, we'll see this quite a bit, or even Mobius is the, not frequently, but it does happen where the skis do not go over their head and it's scored a zero because they're not performing the trick exactly as it's 
you know, supposed to be scored. And that applies to individual competition as well. But I think Joel hit the, the nail right on the head. You can get so much from what the audience and how the audience, because a lot of the people in the audience are skiers themselves. So they have a little bit more knowledge than uh, folks that are there just to, you know, enjoy the competition, enjoy the difficulty of the acts and the thrill of victory. And uh, as you alluded to earlier, the agony of defeat um, and defeat, I don't mean barefooting. So <laughs> that's supposed to be funny, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's your delayed reaction. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we can splice that together, make it that so. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's really, really how well the, the uh, maneuver is executed and the degree of difficulty, you know, how hard is it? And, and I think another one that Joel's club, the Rock Aqua Jays, in fact, I was a member there when I was a, a youngster as well, um, are so good, in fact, the best at putting big numbers uh, out on the water. They had a bit, what was called a big act uh, at the D1 Nationals, and I believe there were 73 people out on the water at one time. So the judges, you know, really, really uh, score those types of things higher. And when they're judging, it's compared to the best known example of, you know, say a pyramid. And so it's scored on, on on that. They have to leave some room, of course, for the team next team that may come in with something better. But the fact of the matter is that's the way it uh, that's the way it works. But the the litmus test is execution. If they fall, uh, they don't score as high as an act that doesn't fall. But if you come back after a fall, sometimes uh, the judges will take that into consideration, and you sc actually score higher. I just want to add something to what Mark was saying. He mentioned three specific acts, um, barefooting, jumping, and swiveling. And the, the cool thing about Chosky and the great thing about it is you're going to see both males and females do multiple acts throughout the show. And you're going to see some of the, the ladies from Team USA who will barefoot, they'll go over the ramp and jump, doing helicopters, maybe even a flip, and you're going to see them do some very incredible things on a swivel ski. And that, that's what is so awesome about this sport. And I think you're going to see it with all the teams and even in the individual competition is some of these competitors are so skilled at what at water skiing and show skiing in multiple disciplines. You're going to see them go from a barefoot suit to a beautiful swivel costume to a uh, donning a jumpsuit and a helmet to go over the ramp. That's what I love about this sport. And the one thing that I've taken away from this is the with the with the limited numbers, right? So normally you have, uh, you know, maybe not a Cecil, you know, be the mills cast of thousands. No, but normally you have larger numbers to pull from. With this, you have 35. So you have a lot of athletes that are that are really jacks of all trades. You you need to be a well-rounded uh, water skier to be able to be part of one of these teams. Absolutely. And you're going to see some of the skiers also jump in the boats, whether they're observing or maybe even driving a boat too, because 35 is all encompassing. That's your announcer, that's your boat drivers, that's your skiers, um, 35 maximum for the total show production, right? The water skiing and the stage work, your Broadway on the beach of sorts, mm -hmm. 35 is the limit. So you're going to, Absolutely, you will see multi-talented people. If if you were going to draw 
comparisons to other sports to, to each one of these individual disciplines because sometimes I think it it you know the 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 shame of water skiing is from being a kid who grew up in the seventies water skiing was everywhere I mean we saw it and it has you know sort of with with the advent of other sports uh, it lost some of that wide uh, attention span that it had freestyle jumping would be, uh, you see a lot of the, the equivalent tricks, say, in skateboarding. You see a lot of very similar moves. Yeah, either uh, that or the uh, ski jumping in the Olympics, the snow ski jumping. Certainly, you'll see that. But you also see it um, in, uh, I would say that the best comparison for freestyle jumping would probably be your, your snow skiing, your downhill skiing, or even um, a lot of the tricks that they're doing in the, in the pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, snowboarding, very similar along those terms. And then there's a lot of comparisons between swivel skiing and adagio doubles to ice skating, whether that be individual ice skating or the pair skating, the figure skating is a good comparison to what's going on on the water as well. So a lot of winter sports, believe it or not, are similar to what we're doing on the water for in show skiing. Yeah, I think, you know, and Joel's spot on with that. And I really see, you know, they've been talking for years about including water skiing in the Olympics. It was a demonstration sport in 1972 um, and all of that type of stuff. The objection's always been the boat, okay, and the boat driver. Uh, that, that's been an issue at the international level uh, for years and years and years. But in a comparison, and I really think the best chance for water skiing to be included in the Olympics is the comparison are the comparisons between what Joel was talking about with figure skating and, and uh, adagio doubles, uh, swivel skiing and ice dancing. So many parallels there, but really separates show skiing from every other discipline. The other eight disciplines underneath the USA water ski and wake sports umbrella is the fact this is the only team sport under that umbrella. And it is so different than other many other sports as well. We were talking about freestyle jumping, and you'll see four, five, six guys going off the ramp performing sometimes the same maneuver, sometimes different maneuvers, other combinations therein. But when it comes to show skiing, what makes it so difficult? First, you have to be proficient. Ninety-five or the Skip Yokerson rule: ninety percent of the time in practice, you better be able to make your individual maneuvers if you're going to be paired up with other skiers that are also out there on the water, because both speeds, you know, in excess of 35 miles an hour, if you're barefooting, it's over 40. Working together as a team to pull off and pull off a maneuver is extremely difficult. People don't realize how hard that is. Well, yes, these are world-class athletes, but they have to perfect their own individual skill first before they go out on the water with the team. And that percentage, the Skip Gilkerson rule of 90%, has been a mantra of show skiing for decades. That's the big difference in show skiing. And that's one of the things that makes it so exciting and such a great show, you know, the greatest show on water. There's no question about it. And that's why the popularity of show skiing with spectators is so high. You're going to see... Uh, you know, at the Nationals, for example, in Janesville, 20,000 people watching the D1 Nationals or the, even the D2 Nationals, you get some big numbers. 
But because of that entertainment value to go all the way, circle all the way back to the entertainment value, um, it really has a lot to do with that team effort. You know, everybody has to be so precise. The, the ballet for swivel skiing, you, you can't make a mistake because you're at risk of taking the whole line down. So um, there's a really high degree of difficulty and uh, uh, teamwork that's involved and required to score high. That's the big difference. Right. In the world tournament, all of these teams, regardless of which country, most of them don't ski together all summer long or during their season. So it's the, the best of the best coming together. And that adds an additional level of difficulty uh, to take all of these incredible skill sets and figure out for the show directors uh, to figure out how best to utilize the individual talent for the greater good of the team. Uh, considering that most of these teams probably have a limited number of practices coming in coming into the tournament before they even arrive in Winter Haven, and they'll get uh, some practice time obviously in the week leading up to the tournament. But that's that's about it. They'll have you know maybe a few practices before getting to Winter Haven and some on the water practices and a lot of team meetings and planning going into it. So like Mark said. It is the ultimate team sport, and, and it's taken up a whole nother notch uh, at the world tournament because you have so many people coming from different teams together to create essentially a new team. And like the the whole you know Team USA basketball or or any of these that are that are all stars. These are the all stars of their countries in this sport. That's a that's a perfect description of of these athletes coming. Is they are the all stars of the sport from their country and they're all coming together to, to put on the best possible production they can, which includes the show on the water and the show on the stage. And ideally in a perfect world, uh, the show on the stage complements the show on the water and vice versa. So, uh, so I'll ask you to switch hats here and, and think for a moment as a fan, um, and both of you are familiar with quite a few members of, of all the different teams. Who would be someone to watch? Certainly the perennial uh, world champions, Team USA is, is just loaded with incredible talent. But I know that uh, Team Belgium, uh, they've attended and competed at all of the world championships. They have some incredibly talented skiers. Team Germany is coming in for the first time. We have the Canadian team. There's all of them are just loaded with talent, but certainly uh, you're going to see individuals who will stand out among all of those teams. And as we, as Mark has mentioned, this is the fifth uh, world championships would have been the sixth, right? If, if not for the pandemic and cancer in Australia, but uh, at, as each, each time we have a world championships, every team just gets better and better. And that's what you want in this sport is you want to make the judges job difficult. So you, I think every team has an equal shot at pulling away at this, right? And it's kind of the old mantra of any given Sunday, any team can win. And that is certainly true in show skiing. And we've seen that at least in the United States over the last uh, decade or more with regards to our national championships. Some of the perennial top teams are, haven't been pulling it off like they used to. And I, I, it certainly holds true with the world tournament. I, I think, Jack, that, you know, for our for our listeners, 
course, I know we have international listeners and so on and so forth. Um, and and uh, Joel was right that there's so much talent on Team USA from Team Belgium, uh, Levin Hardy, who also happens to be the president of the Shosky Council for the international governing body, IWWF. Uh, he's someone to watch. Don't know any of the uh, any of the Swedes. Um, they're a new team this year. It's going to be interesting to watch them ski. The U Team USA, you can't pick just one, really. There's there's so much talent. Keith St. Ange, for example, World Barefoot Champion, champion is on the team. Um, we have some uh, world-class freestylers that uh, are going to be doing their stuff. It's just going to be a great, great uh, group of people to watch in the swivel skiing, of course. You know, Paige Bashina and 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 some of the others, uh, Maddie Hageman. They're they're just some unbelievable uh, talented people, world class athletes. You know, both on and off the the water. And I think Joel would agree with me that show skiers are are probably the best all round athletes. Uh, any of the sports disciplines, uh, simply because they have to do so many things. Um, but they're also involved, a lot of them coming from the north, they're involved in snow skiing. They're involved in, uh, you know, I was a, a, a Nordic jumper as well as a alpine freestyle skier when I was still living up in Wisconsin and out in Colorado. You know, so these people are really diverse in their talents. Um, it's just amazing how talented these kids are, the, well, adults are, uh, on and off the water. Uh, related to uh, other sports that they're participating in. It's it's really kind of interesting. You read some of these bios, and I'm just absolutely amazed. Not only the physical talents, intellectual too. I mean, we've got some really smart people that have some stellar careers out there that just choose water skiing as uh, their avocation. Many of them are former professional skiers. I do have to mention that too. But it is a uh, talented bunch with a great Broadway production. It is going to be one of the most entertaining events that people will ever see in their lifetime. And this is the 100th anniversary. This is a capstone event. I think that all of that combined, um, there will be no other worlds like this. Uh, it is, uh, there's been <laughs> thousands and tens of thousands of hours gone into producing this. And it is going to be one heck of a lot of fun for uh, families, for individuals, whatever, to come on down. Lake Silver in Winter Haven and check it all out starting on the 21st with the individual competition team competition on Saturday and Sunday, the 22nd, 23rd, and then capping it all off. My favorite event, of course, freestyle jump. And we have 18 of the world's top freestyle jumpers. Well, there's one guy that uh, should be in there, but uh, because of a technicality, they didn't make it. And that's Peter Haggerty. But uh, those sometimes the rules uh, are the rules. But it's going to be a great event. Joel's going to be part of making that happen and representing not only Team USA, but uh, the United States as a whole. So we have a pretty good uh, lineup here. I'm excited. Joel, I think you're excited too. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to, to go down there, not only to see the competition, but I'm, I'm even more excited to be kind of the, the official representative of show skiing in the United States. And while I'm certainly very proud of where I come from, um, I'm going to be cheering on all the other teams uh, just as much as I would cheer on Team USA, because ultimately that's what this sport is all about, is building lifelong friendships and, and relationships that 
endure until we're gone. You'll see a lot of camaraderie and friendships among the teams themselves. And really, this is helping to spread this great team sport or family sport because you can have young kids involved and you can have uh, dads and moms involved at, at every level, whether it's the actual skiing, stage work, behind the scenes, boat driving. Uh, so I think that's one of the lasting uh, takeaways from show skiing is that you're going to make lifelong friendships with people. And we've even seen uh, whether or not it works, we've seen uh, marriages result from show skiing as well. So that from a from a fan perspective, uh, think of it like you're going to the best possible production you can, whether that be a high school musical or a local theater company. Um, and show skiing just takes it up a notch because you not only have stuff going on on the stage, but it's just going on on the water and coming at you from all directions. And and you you touched on it, and it was one thing I wanted to make sure we gave yeah you props and and Mark as well is it's a sport where folks continue to stay engaged, uh, continue to give back. I know uh, you know reading more than a few bios on uh, on Levan Hardy. The fact that he has traveled throughout Europe to, uh, to to spread the sport to other countries it seems like a uni- sort of a universal truth uh, with this sport is there is a passion and a love for it that you, you everyone who participates really does want to share. Yeah, it, absolutely. And one of the biggest obstacles that any show skier or anyone involved in show skiing says is their day job gets in the way of show skiing. Right. Whether you're skiing or doing behind the scenes work or serving on the board of directors, it almost seems like a a full time job, but it's it's fun. And we always kind of chide each other about our day jobs getting in the way of a water skiing. Well, we won't take take any more time away from your day job. I agree. Yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of ambassadors of our sport, like Levin Hardy and um, Matt Heilman and uh, many others throughout the United States and across the world who really work hard to to bring together all corners of the world um, to grow this sport so that we can make the world championships even better, bigger and better every time we do it. And that's truly what we want coming out of this as as a national organization in in the United States is to have ambassadors who are going to spread the word of this incredible family sport that produces incredible athletes and incredible people, uh, regardless of what their role is. I think that is a great note to uh, to end this with. Mark, any any last words? No, I I think that uh, you know Joel was talking about. I was too. You know about water skiing being such a great sport and such a model for the sport of water skiing and helping grow the sport because we don't grow the sport um and we just focus in on our own individual sports discipline i look free events here i did a bunch of other stuff too we become myopic in our thinking in our approach that's a cancer and it's ultimately going to destroy all the great things that are happening but we've got to work towards growing the sport and there's a couple of programs out there now that have uh, allowed people that are interested in the sport to get involved in the sport and, and not just 
the adaptive water skiing and wounded warrior skiing and all that stuff, but I'm talking about a flaunted swivel that's bringing new girls into the sport. George Hartman and Wayne Borowski are, are freestyle, you know, jump experts in their own right, but are have developed a program and training camps for freestyle jumpers. That's what show skiing does so well. You have to add to that, and Joel mentioned it, that the volunteers, the officials, the safety teams that, that come together to ensure that all the skiers are safe, they don't get paid for this. All their time, all Joel's time, you know, as being the new president of the National Show Ski Association is invaluable. You couldn't pay him enough, or Doug Lively, the former, uh, the former president. This volunteer mentality is critically important for the young, younger skiers to say, hey, this is a lifetime sport. I can participate not just as a skier all the time, but in organizing, in running, in officiating, whatever it may be. That mentality is what sets show skiing apart, in my opinion, from so many other sports. It's truly a family, and it's a lifelong sport. It's a family sport. It's a lifelong sport. We're blessed to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And the, with the demise of so, a lot of the professional venues around the world, uh, Holiday Park, Tommy Bartlett, and even to some extent, the original Cypress Garden show, a lot of the professional venues no longer exist. So it becomes uh, more important for those of us who are volunteering and trying to kind of keep the sport, basically keep the dream alive, right? And we just want to continue to spread that. And it it becomes harder without those pro professional venues. So we have to make sure that we take up the entertainment value a notch because ultimately what it boils down to is we're putting on a show. It, we're putting the show in show skiing and we aim to entertain. And that's the number one goal for our fans. Fantastic. Joel, I thank you for your time. Mr. Jackson, as always, thank you for yours. And, uh, and we will conclude this episode of The Polk Experience. Thank you for tuning in to The Polk Experience. To contact us, email me, jack at visitcentralflorida.org. For more information on this or any of the other events going on here in Central Florida, feel free to check our website, visitcentralflorida.org.